0: Okay, so if you subscribe to my notes for a while, um, the name Bill Gurley should uh, seem familiar to you. Um, what I'm trying to do here, so you know, you've probably heard this, uh, people talk about this idea of mental models constantly. And I have to be honest, I didn't know what the hell they were talking about for a long time. And the best explanation of that, was that that well, where the idea finally stuck in my own mind was, hey, if you study, you read a biography of somebody, um you listen to them on podcasts over and over again you read their writing et cetera et cetera over time what you're going to be able to do is understand how they think right so what i'm trying to do is i've identified a handful of people that i that i admire the way uh, i admire their mind for lack of a better word and my goal with Uh, is to go as deep as possible, so then I can develop my own mental model of how they would think. And so what does that mean? Means that if you're presented with a situation, you start to ask yourself, okay, what would Bill Gurley, for example, do in this situation? Or if you're thinking about product design, what would Steve Jobs do in this situation? You know, thinking about um, the the operating expenses of your business. What would Andrew Carnegie say in this situation? And so that's why you're going to start – well, not you're going to start because I've already been doing it for a while, but you'll see the same names over and over again. It's not to cover material we've already covered. It's because I think the repetition um, is persuasive, and I'm trying to persuade my own uh, my own. – I'm trying to persuade myself, rather, um, that uh, – to, like, constantly be exposed. Maybe pers- persuasion is not the right uh, term, but, like, I'm constantly trying to expose myself to their ideas so then I can constantly refine this idea of how they think and um, – and, more important, like what would they say about the situation I'm currently going through? So, Burgerly popped up on another podcast. I took notes this time. It's him talking about all things business and investing. So, he starts off right away with this essay written by somebody he admires named Brian Arthur. The essay is from 1985. I linked it in the show notes if you want to read it. It's quite long. And it's called Increasing Returns in the New World of Business. And I have to say, um, it's remarkable because a lot of the things that Brian um, identified ninety five is constantly talked about now. So um, he he's tying together why the essay was um, like influential to him, and uh, with one of which which with his favorite book that he's that uh, he recommends and he gives to people constantly. So, so so he says there is a book called Complexity: The Emerging Science in the, at the Edge of Order and Chaos. It is about the rise of the Santa Fe Institute. In that book, Brian Arthur, which uh, Brian. It's funny. He's the author of the essay. the last name's also Arthur. Arthur, maybe? You know I can't pronounce anything. So anyways, that's Brian is the guy that wrote the essay. He's also in his favorite book. He says, in that book, Brian is one of the heroes. He had a lot of radical different ideas. And I love people that have radical and different ideas. And so one of the ideas that stuck with Bill, you know, what is that, 20, 20 plus years, almost 25 years ago, was this notion of increasing returns. So Bill here is summarizing the essay. He says some company that got to a big level would find it even easier to, go to, to get to that next level. That's the idea of increasing returns in like a very like, uh, you know, almost, for lack of a better word, dumbed down way, like a very one sentence description of a very long essay. And so he applies this to his experience when he was working on Wall Street. He says, I was covering Microsoft at the time on Wall Street. You could see this in play, the idea of of increasing returns and what they call the new world of business. You could see this in play. The more the OS, the operating system that existed, the more apps that were written for the platform, the more apps people wrote for the platform, the value of the platform went higher. It just kept paying off. You ask yourself which other businesses are susceptible to this. This has been a mainstay mental model that I've kept in the back of my mind for every single investment we have ever made. So here's Bill using the, uh, the, uh, using the tool of mental model saying, Hey, I learned about this in the book and through this essay, and now I've applied it, and it's been, you know, I've used it, utilized it successfully in my investing career. Um, so he says, there's a moving on a little bit about maybe some opportunities uh, that are untapped in business. He, he talks about a few of these. He says, there's a concept that is known, but no one has quite landed yet called the interest graft. And so what's the interest graph? He says, it's the concept that there's a site or app you could go to and everyone that has your shared interest was already there. Example, I like mountain biking. This is my level, meaning my skill level, and I live here. I would then be automatically grouped with similar people. If you could do this it would monetize like crazy i wouldn't be shocked if a company that does this popped up tomorrow Um, he's a big fan of marketplace and uh, specifically ugc which is user generated content so he says and this is i love this example Uh, he says a rule to get a rule to get a marketplace or ugc uh, off the ground is to do tons of unscalable things this drives 90 percent of entrepreneurs who have been to business school nuts they say we can't do this how are we going to do this at scale and I say we aren't going to do this at scale. This is a flywheel. We need to get it spinning. The cost of this activity today is irrelevant to the marginal cost of the activity down the road because we're going to stop doing what we are doing. And you just do it at the very beginning. So he gives an example of one of the companies. I'm pretty sure you invested in this, but he says this is a Glassdoor that that website where you can uh, see like reviews of companies from employers, uh, employees on the inside. And this is uh, how they got there, how they started doing things that didn't scale. So the very first company that was reviewed was Cisco. The founders went to the Starbucks near Cisco with a pen and paper and interviewed people for reviews. There is zero chance that's going to be the long-term business effort, but you have to see the market. Um, and he has another great idea here, which I love. It's like not – don't think of things as like um, – like Shallow and horizontal, but it's better to be deep and vertical. So he says, I, I frequently run into op- entrepreneurs who think they need to expand to 10 cities really quickly. I'm like, no. If you have incredible unit economics and growth metrics in a single city where it's obvious that your playbook is working, that is way more interesting. Um, as far as like, he's talking a little bit about here, about like the why so many ideas are so unpredictable. Like there's so much time and effort and resources and money put into starting new businesses. And yet you still have entrepreneurs that uncover things that just no one else saw. So he says, I'm always surprised by what entrepreneurs can uncover. When it happens, you say, oh, I should have thought about that, meaning it's it's obvious in hindsight, right? But you didn't. Um, Another opportunity uh, for business in the future, he says, until the internet, there was no way to have perfect or close to it informational asymmetry. What does that mean now we can connect someone with a skill set being available and someone with that need Uh, think tutors coaches plumbers etc if there is if there is a way to link these people there has to be more economic unlock no one and he says no one has really nailed that yet even though people have had different variations on this idea um i love his description of you know the, the unique time in history that we live in. He says, we are creating more connectivity. Ideas can spread super fast. I'm amazed at the quality of conversations I have with people, some of which I didn't know, over Twitter DM. He's a very big fan of Twitter. He says it's like the best network ever created. Uh, I think he meant professional network. Now, um, oh, this is another idea that I personally think is interesting. A lot of people started asking about vertical LinkedIn's. That's really interesting. Meaning, like one instead of having, you know, all these people looking for jobs and basically like having this their career social network, it's like every entrepreneur is on this network, every whatever plumbers on this network, every law enforcement officer is on this network. He says, I look for ten years, I look for ten years and think, won't everyone who is in this occupation be connected in some way? Um, certain oh I love and, and I keep saying this over and over again <laughs> probably why I take notes on him all the time because I, I do like his ideas certain bit I never thought about this in this way he says certain businesses are prone to monogamy babysitters haircutters dentists doctors if things are succeeding you're not changing those businesses are tougher for marketplaces and you've seen people try to do this like oh like on demand babysitting well anybody that has kids knows that's a ridiculous idea I'm not gonna just let some stranger I don't know babysit my kid like that's absurd. Uh, And he's going to talk about the other end of the spectrum. Restaurants are prone to promiscuity. You go to your favorites, but you want to try new ones constantly. That's a different dynamic for a marketplace, meaning it's probably more successful. Um, Love this, uh, I got to stop saying that. You already know I love this idea. I'm fairly confident that in the very long run, companies that are very good allocators of capital are going to trade at much higher multiples. Even if you are in a capital intensive industry, you can understand this construct. I'm 100% convinced that Jeff Bezos has understood this since the beginning of Amazon, but these entrepreneurs, meaning some of the Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, don't. And he talked about that because he wrote an an essay a few years ago called All Revenue is Not Created Equal, and he talks about like you can't just be, it depends on the business you're in, you can't just go to an investor or or the public market for that matter and say, here's my revenue, I want to be 10x, I want to be valued 10x on revenue. Um, so he actually did quite a bit of um, investigative work and compared um, like the the multiples depending on the revenue. And um, he did it with, I think, all the public available technology stocks at the time, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, I linked it in the, the notes if you want to read it. Um, for the first time in history, he talks about it's really hard. We have these, these, these weird distortions like these sovereign wealth funds that are throwing around tons of money searching for yield and you know this is something new he's saying like even Warren Buffett's never seen this before so he says for the first time in history private companies are the ones with more money and are attacking the long held incumbents that is a radical thing to think about uh, he's recently been been encouraging other companies to ditch IPO and go direct listing and he, talks, he calls it, I think, absurd. So this is on the absurdity of IPO versus direct listing. And it says Spotify, which had a direct listing, is a little below its first trade price, same as Uber and Lyft, who I think were both IPOs, if I'm not mistaken. But nobody says anything because no banker picked a price out of a hat and allocated capital based on that. That's his description of an IPO. Why? Because an algorithm properly determined how to match the buyers and sellers. And I think that's his description of a direct listing. Um, this is probably the most important thing in the entire, and he's, I'm so glad because he's repeated this over and over again. And I think it needs amplification. So people understand that in the day of the internet, you can know more about a subject matter than anyone else. You can keep narrowing the scope of that subject until you are the one who knows the most. Everyone else would run out of time he's saying there's no excuse not to be the most whatever you're doing. Whatever craft you're in, whatever industry you're in, you should know more than anybody else. You can do that. It's just investing the time and actually doing the reading and the research. He's uh, He talked about that in his great um, talk, Running Down a Dream. How's it like everybody, no one wants to practice <laughs> and you need to practice. Um, so and uh, I'll touch on that in, in, in a minute. <clears throat> Excuse me. Then uh, he continues this point. I think it is critical to start with the historians of your industry and craft and know all that happened prior to now. This is one of the reasons I read biographies of entrepreneurs on Founders Podcast. Um, For me, this is Bill talking now. For me, that was having the bedrock, and he's listing some legendary investors he learned from, Munger, Graham, Dodd, Lynch. Knowing this, meaning the lessons they taught him, gives me a different frame of mind than most people out there. You can do the same thing in any industry. Study the pioneers. And then today, you know, Bill's widely successful. He could just put his feet up, never have to make another dollar in his life. Yet, he says, I still read today obsessively. And I'll close on this. I just left another link in case you haven't already uh, listened to the talk. I also did notes on it. So if you search the archive and just put in, um, if you go to davidsnotes.substack.com forward slash archive and search for Bill Gurley, you can see this notes, uh, the notes on Running Down a Dream and every other one I've done for him. But um, side note, I highly re- recommend uh, listening to, or you can watch it. I watched it. It's on um, YouTube, and I left a YouTube link in uh, the, the notes. But it's called Running Down a Dream, How to Succeed and Thrive in a Career you Love.